Welcome to Gracious Words. Gracious Words is taken from the weekly women's Bible study taught by Cheryl Broderson at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. We behold your glory, God, in the face of Christ. It shows us who you are, revealing who you are. Today we'll look at Hebrews chapter 3 and see the most important thing we can give our attention to is Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God and the ultimate revelation of God to man. part one of Cheryl's message titled, Jesus is God. All right, just, I want to take a survey. How many of you are perfect? Right? Yeah, why do we strive so hard for perfection, right? Why do we always try to get it right? And when we don't get it right, we're like, I am such a stupid idiot. I got it wrong. I've had a week of getting it wrong. Like a total week. And it's just like these little things, you know, like missing a plane. Uh... And going up and saying, well, we need tickets. This is going, you can sit down and then I'll get you to stand up. A little exercise, never hurt anyone. So we were in Cyprus last week, uh, last Thursday, and we got to talking and there was a mix up on the time. And when we got to the airport, we found out that we had missed our plane by um, 20 minutes. And that the plane wasn't leaving at 3.15, but it left at 1.15. That was interesting. So then Brian's like, and it's so funny because it's this counter and there are two people standing at it and it's the same shared counter, but you cannot ask the person on the left about flights that the person on the right handles. So, you know, he's going to the left and he's going to the right. Like, do you have any more spaces? Uh, We need to fly to England. We've got a flight. Like, okay, so nothing's going to, you know, London. No, nothing's going to London. So then we go to the other counter, anything to London for four people. No, one person. So we're like, okay, great. So then Brian goes back to the other lady to the right and he says, is there anything going to any part of England at all? And she says, well, there's a flight in an hour and it's got four spaces available, four there were four of us. And we said, sold, done, we're there. So we get on this plane. Now it's 200, we're going to land 200 miles away from where we need to be, right? In Manchester, we need to be in London for the next day. So we go to Manchester, we get our luggage, we're rushing as quickly as we possibly can to catch the train and we miss it. But there's one more train, just one more train and we made it. And all I could think of is, Lord, you cover for me. You cover. You see, Jesus is not only our covering, but he covers for us. He doesn't expect perfection. And I'm going to say that because I feel some of you are putting the standard of perfection on yourself. Like, Lord, I deserve this because my mind didn't remember military time. And we just put these hard, stringent standards on ourselves. So when I got home, one of the things I do every year at the airport, every time I'm going through Heathrow, is I buy kinder eggs for my grandchildren. Even the 17-year-old wants the kinder eggs. They're chocolate with white chocolate with a little prize inside. 
and they're not sold in the United States because those prizes could cause choking. So I buy those dangerous things for my grandchildren every time I go through. And then I mail them to my grandchildren. So I'm like so proud of myself that I'm going to, and I remembered my tape to tape up all my packages because otherwise you have to buy it. And that's why I have three things of that tape in my car. So I remembered to bring my tape. I remembered my Sharpie pen. I got the boxes. I mailed it off only to realize I had, <laughs> Brian gets this email from this pastor in uh, Sag Harbor who says, um, I just got a package for Cade Smith. Yes, I sent it to him instead of to my grandson, Cade. It's like, seriously, Lord, I can't believe your grace that you put up with me. But this is what the Lord has been speaking to me all this week. Even when I get it wrong, Jesus gets it right. Isn't that awesome? Because I want to tell you something, you're going to get it wrong. You're going to get it wrong probably today. You're going to make a mistake, but so what? Because Jesus is going to get it right. And he covers for us. That's his great, great love. Peter tells us that love covers a multitude of sin. Jesus covers for us. And he's just waiting with that forgiveness. You do not have to get it right. You don't even have to get the recipe right. Maybe it's a new recipe that God wants to do in your life. So now you can stand because that has nothing to do with what we're going to be speaking on today. I just felt like the Spirit of the Lord says, say it to those women because they're putting these perfect standards on themselves. And I want them to know even when they get it wrong, I get it right. And you're now a living example of that, right, Cheryl? Yes, because there were other mistakes this week, but I can't remember them. Hallelujah, because they're buried. They're buried and they're as separated from me as far as the East is from the West and God remembers them no more. Hallelujah. What do you do when you really want to hear something? Have you ever had that where you really want to hear something and people are talking behind, around you and you're like, shh, this is important. Maybe it's like the lyrics to a song. You're like, wait, what, what did that song say? And you want to hear it, so you turn the radio up louder. I want to hear these lyrics. Maybe it's the punchline to a joke and you're like, wait, I just missed it. Why is it funny? Why is everyone laughing? Or the remedy for an ailment. Somebody says, you know, if you do this and you're like, wait, I've got that ailment. What did they say the remedy was? What did they say to take or to do? Or the recipe for something you want to make? Have you ever been, you know, watching the Food Channel and they're doing something so delicious, like barbecue ribs? Not like this happened to me or anything, but it did. Beef ribs. And right when they're getting to the recipe, I get a phone call and I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't tell me who to vote for. I'm trying to listen to a recipe on ribs or directions to the place you need to be. And they're like, you're like, no, no, again, repeat the por favor, please. You know, I need this. Counsel for your problem and you want to hear it or the answer to a dilemma, a prophecy that is for you. And what do you do? Whenever you hear what's important, you shut off all competing voices, whether you shush people, or you turn off the television, or you turn off the radio. You might close the windows, close the door because you want to get this. You might leave the room and find a quiet place you can really, really hear. You'll get closer to the source that is speaking. You do that, you get closer, you put your ear right up to them. On that flight, 
the second flight that we had, I sit next to a really nice couple with a baby, but Brian was two rows in front of me. And he was speaking to a guy who was saying, <laughs> which was English. And Brian was trying so hard to understand this man because this man was super open to the gospel. And he was telling Brian about a chronic ailment that he had, but Brian had no idea what that chronic ailment was or how open he was to the gospel. But at the end, Brian said, I know something went right. Because at the end, you know, Brian put his arm around him and said, you know, I'm praying for you. And the guy grabbed Brian's hand and said, (laughs) Brian's like, awesome, you know? But Brian said he found himself like almost leaning over into this guy's lap and putting his ear as close to this guy's mouth going, I hope he doesn't think I'm strange. I did tell him I was a pastor. But you're trying to hear. And you know, when a little child is talking, you know how sometimes you'll bend down and you'll get as close as you can to hear what they're saying. I remember Braden when he was turning three and I had this birthday party and he's saying something and I leaned way down because we had all these people over just to catch those three-year-old birthday words and this is what they were. I hate happy birthday to you. I got up and everyone was like, what did he say? What did he say? And I'm like, it's not worth repeating. <laughs> but you, you turn your head towards the source of the sound. You pay attention. You tune out. You ignore the distractions. You concentrate on what you're hearing. You might take notes. You might ask questions. You might listen to it again and again until you catch what is being said. Two years ago, I remember going to Denver to speak in Colorado Springs at a conference. My plane at OC was late an hour. I got there. The line for budget rental was two hours. I finally got to it, and now I'm on the road right at the peak of traffic, and I've got to go at least 70 miles, and I do not know my way around Colorado at all. So I tried to hook up my phone to the GPS system in the car. It didn't work. So I'm trying to listen to my phone, which is for some reason choosing a very quiet voice, you know, with the rental car. I I could barely hear it. And I knew because I didn't know where I was going, I couldn't listen to Audible. I couldn't tune out and think, you know, think too many, you know, thoughts that would take me away. I had to be so attuned to whatever that lady on my GPS on my phone was saying to me, because you know what she did? She took me off the freeway on these side roads and then put me back on. And at times I was thinking, I don't know where I am. Can't I just stay in traffic and just go with the flow? And she's like, no, get off, you know, come back on. And I made it literally with minutes to spare. Like they were already doing worship and postponing everything. Like anytime now our speaker will get there because I got there at 7.15 and it started at seven o'clock. But I still remember how I had to, you know, I couldn't take any other calls. I got a couple of calls right there and I'm like, I can't talk. I, I, I need my phone so badly. I need this GPS right now. I had to be so attentive to it. If I wasn't attentive to it, I would get lost. And I didn't know where I was. Or I would miss the conference, the whole purpose of flying to Colorado and, you know, going through the two-hour lines and the traffic. I needed to listen because what my GPS was saying to me was of utmost importance if I wanted to fulfill the destiny or the call 
on my life. Jesus is God's ultimate message to men. Jesus is everything God wants to say to men. In Jesus is God's final offer and only offer of forgiveness, fellowship, reconciliation, blessing. It's only in Jesus. He is the most important word ever given to men, and he is God's most powerful word. We're told in John 1, 1 that Jesus is the word of God. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. When we began our study in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, we were told that God at various times and in different ways had spoken in time past to the fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom he made the world. Jesus is God's ultimate, God's final and God's greatest word to men. In Matthew 17, five, and I love the story of the transfiguration where Peter and John and James are up on this high mountain with the Lord. And all of a sudden when they look, they see Jesus talking to Moses and Elijah and Jesus looks absolutely radiant, which I think is so interesting because Moses and Elijah have come from the presence of God and from heaven, but it's Jesus that outshines them. It's Jesus that is absolutely radiant. But Peter is so excited to be invited to this party that he wants to add something. So he says, can you imagine? Here's Jesus all radiant. He's in the midst of a conversation. Hey, Jesus, let's build three tabernacles. Yo, I got an idea. Let's build one to Moses. Let's build one to Elijah and one for you. And all of a sudden, God the Father He's kind of lost his patience with Peter. He parts the clouds and he says, this is my beloved son, Jesus. Hear him. Not Moses, not the prophets, but listen to Jesus because God is saying, he's my ultimate word. He's everything I want to say to men. Jesus is the message of God that cannot be ignored. He is the culmination of God's word. He is the culmination, the fulfillment of the law. The Old Testament was preparing men and women for this word. Everything in the Old Testament was pointing to the word that would be spoken through the Messiah. John 5, 39, Jesus said, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life, but these are they which testify of me. In Luke chapter 24, as Jesus is walking on the road to Emmaus with Cleopas and the other disciple, he takes them all the way from the very beginning of creation and he expounds to them through the Torah or the Pentateuch, through the prophets, through even the books of poetry, all the things concerning himself. And then in Psalm 40, Jesus said, prophetically through the spirit. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. This book doesn't make sense unless Jesus is right at the center of it. And then everything begins to make sense. And you see, it it unlocks it. You see why Abraham 
was called to sacrifice Isaac. Without Jesus, it doesn't make sense. You see why Joash, King Joash was hidden in the temple grounds. Why Athaliah reigned. He was hidden and then he was brought out to the people and proclaimed as king. You understand David's exile. You understand why David couldn't build the temple, but it had to go to the son of David to build the temple. It all makes sense. You see why Moses couldn't go into the promised land, but Joshua, which is the Hebrew, Yeshua, which is the same as the name Jesus, was the only one who could take the people into the promises of God. You see, Jesus unlocks the Bible. He makes all the promises make sense. He brings fulfillment and understanding to the law of God, to the sacrifices, to the rituals. They were all pointing and they all point to God's ultimate message through Jesus. Jesus is what God wants men to know about himself, the purpose and meaning of life, truth, love, grace, eternal life, power, joy, and salvation. Jesus is the message that men must listen to. They must believe, they must embrace and hold on to in order to be holy, in order to come into the community of God, in order to be partakers of the heavenly calling, to have confidence in life and confidence in death, to have rejoicing in hope, to have rest, and to inherit all the promises of God. This comes when we listen, listen to the message of Jesus and the message that is Jesus. Hebrews 3 declares the superiority of God's message through Jesus. Hebrews 3.1, the author says, consider, consider the apostle and high priest of our faith. Another translation is fix your eyes on this. Think about this. Take time to mull this over, to process this, what this means. In order to do this, you're going to have to shut out the competing voices because Jesus is the most important message that you will ever hear. You must give attention to it. You must consider it. You must heed it. Jesus is the apostle, the one sent from God, the word of God coming into this world. He is the high priest of our confession, the only intercessor between God and man, the only intercessor, the only one who is God and who is, who is God and who is man, the only one who can truly intercede for man because he understands man and he became man. The only one who can intercede for God because only Jesus thoroughly knows the Father and the desires of the Father, the heart of the Father, the plan of the Father. Our confession, what is this? This is the body of our faith. It is what we learn about God, God's word, God's son, and God's work through Jesus Christ. We must hold on to this. And Jesus is the intercessor of this word, this confession. The message of Jesus is superior to the message of Moses. One, because Jesus is greater than Moses. Moses served the Lord, but Jesus is the son over the house of God. 
He is the one that Moses ultimately served. Everything that Moses did and taught and said to the children of Israel was a foreshadowing of Jesus, the message of God. The tabernacle itself was a typology of Jesus Christ. On the outside, it was covered with goat skin. It looked like every other tent in Israel. Oh, but when you stepped in, the weavings, the gold, the silver, which could only be seen as you step in to the tabernacle, the glory. So John said that Jesus came and he tabernacled among us. He is the ultimate temple of God. The law which Moses gave was a foreshadowing of the perfection of Jesus, the perfection that no other man could attain to but Jesus. The rituals and the sacrifice all pointed to the work that Christ would do to make us right with God when he would forgive our sins. It all pointed to Jesus. Jesus is the message. Moses came with the message that foreshadowed the great message of Jesus. Jesus is greater. He is the builder of the house. Jasmine put it like this, and I only found this out in leaders meeting, and I said to Jasmine, I'm taking that. I'm taking that. She said, Moses is the butler who lets you into the house, opens the door into the house, but you don't praise the butler. You don't say, oh, I love what you've done with this house. I love the design. I love the, uh, the decoration. I mean, you must have earned all this to build something like this. The butler's like, hey, I only work here for a great master. And I love my master. Jesus is the builder. Jesus is the architect. Jesus is the owner of the house. The whole house reflects Jesus. It speaks of Jesus. Jesus' message is greater than the message of Moses. It has greater promises. Moses couldn't enter the promised land. It has greater power. The law could not make anyone perfect. It only told you about your imperfections and how you needed a savior. Jesus' message is greater because the consequences for refusing it are greater. Moses was faithful in his service, but Moses was not perfect. He was a murderer, and he misrepresented God at the waters of Meribah when he struck the rock rather than speaking to the rock. Jesus is the builder of the house. He is the one who created the whole world. He is the source of God's word. He is the reason for God's word. He is the agency of God's word, and he is God's word. Jesus is perfect. He's absolutely perfect. He alone can handle power. You see, none of us could handle being over that house. Now, you might think, I could handle being over a mansion. I'm telling you right now, you couldn't. You couldn't. You, you would get so conceited. You would say, you know, if only you were like me, you could have a mansion too. I, I, I was talking to this girl and she says to me, why is my marriage struggling? I did everything right during the engagement. Everything right. I said, that's why. That's why you're struggling with your marriage. Because you tried to be Miss Perfect. And what would happen? If your marriage was really good right now, you would tell everybody, do what I did. Follow my example. Let me write out my instructions, my methodology. 
And then they'd be looking to your methodology, they'd be looking to you, and they wouldn't be looking to Jesus for a good marriage. So God, God ruined your perfection. It's a God thing. And I'm so glad he did because you couldn't handle the perfection. If, if we did everything right, we would be so miserable to be around because just when we get those little things right, we're just like, I, I should write a book. Jesus is God's ultimate message to us. In Hebrews chapter one, we were told that God has spoken to us through his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the world. Jesus is God's final and greatest word to everyone because through Jesus, we receive God's offer of forgiveness, fellowship, reconciliation, and blessing. In Jesus, we see God and through Jesus have the opportunity to know and experience His love. We hope you have been blessed by today's Bible study. For more information about the Gracious Words radio program and the teaching ministry of Cheryl Broderson, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. Coming up next time on the Gracious Words program, we'll look at Jesus, our God, as we continue our series, Our Great Faith, in the book of Hebrews with Cheryl Broderson. We do hope you make plans to join us. Again, for more information, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. This program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.